Good morning, everybody. All right. I want to say good morning to those of you who are watching online, and more, maybe more appropriately, Happy New Year to everybody. Can you believe it? It's a new year already, 2023. And so um, I have a New Year's message that I want to give you today, okay? I don't know if we've done that in Walnut Hill history, but this is a New Year's message. But before we get to that, I want to invite you to stand with me as I read our scripture verse today, two verses actually. If you're at home too, I want to invite you to participate in this right now. Just stand with us as we read the word of God. And a couple passages I want to share with you today. Let's start with Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And then Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. For those of you who might be new here in the new year, welcome. My name is Brian, and I'm one of the lead pastors at Walnut Hill. We have a, a team leadership, so Craig and Adam and myself, Brian, we are the lead pastors here, and uh, it's great to be able to share God's word with you today. Um, I have a message today that I believe if, if we take seriously, it'll change your life. It'll lead you into a new season with the Lord. So I hope you come here excited, awake, I didn't make it to the new year last night, so I'm awake. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I hope you're ready to go, too. Maybe some of you at home, maybe, maybe you're at home because you made it to the new year and, and I didn't. But hey, I hope that we lean in today. Uh, don't just be listeners. Be participants in what's about to happen. This is the word of God. It changes and transforms our life. And uh, I want to share some very uh, applicable things with you that I believe if you put into place this year, you'll, you'll come out of this year uh, going, wow, I've never, I've never been as close to Jesus as, as I am right now. It's been on our heart, Craig Adam and I and, and our staff here this year in this theme year we've been calling Jesus. It's all about Jesus and our relationship with him. Our prayer has been that each and every one of us would go deeper in our relationship with Jesus than we've ever gone before. I hope you'd share that prayer with us. Don't you want that for yourself, for all of us, that we'd go deeper in our relationship with Jesus than we've ever gone before? Uh, and that's for all of us, all ages, no matter how long you've been following Jesus. Maybe you aren't following him yet. I pray that you'd go deeper in your relationship with Jesus than you've ever been before. I love this passage in Matthew 22 where these experts in religious law come to Jesus and say, which is the most important commandment of Moses? And I love how Jesus answers it. I wonder if these folks asking the question were wondering if Jesus would answer it with a behavior. This is how you need to behave. This is what you should look like from the outside. Then everybody will know and the Lord will know that you are his. But the way Jesus answers it, it's not about a behavior. It's not about what's on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. He focuses in on 
a relationship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. And some of the translations it adds in with all of your strength. This is the greatest commandment that you would love the Lord your God, that you would have a deep and lasting and real relationship with the Lord. I've been saying this phrase, I picked it up from my brother in law recently um, this phrase, for real. I like that. I like that. My prayer is that we all have a relationship with Jesus, like, for real. Right, like, for real. Isn't there something like a, like a you know, big point put on the end of it when you say, like, for real? <laughs> not, not, not this phony stuff. Not this, oh, yeah, you know, I attend church. No, no. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus for real. For real, because he's real. He's alive. He walks with us. He speaks to us for real. And this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, this is the greatest commandment, that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all of yourself, that you would fall deeply in love and in relationship with Jesus. So here's the question that I want to ask and answer today. The question is this, how do we grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus than we've ever grown before? How does that happen? And I sense the Lord just give me a few words that I want to share with you today that become a pathway, really, to growing deeper in your relationship with Jesus. And so I'm going to give you seven words today. For some of you, you might really grab a hold of one of them. For others of you, maybe you grab a hold of all seven. I'd encourage you, you know, at the end to write them all down and ask the Lord to speak to you within them. But how do we practically walk in a relationship with Jesus where we're growing and going deeper in him than ever before? Seven words. The first word is this, connectivity. It's so important that we're connected with the Lord. I love in scriptures how so often, and as you read the Gospels, do a study on this in your own time, where you see Jesus go away to a solitary place and spend time with the Lord. So often he does it. He does it right before he goes and asks the disciples to follow him. He does it after he loses his friend John. He goes off to a solitary place and he connects with the Lord. It's so important for us, if we're going to grow in Jesus, to be connected with him. I'm reminded of a story of Peter and John and how they're walking through the city and they're walking through what was called the beautiful gate. And at the beautiful gate, there was this man there who was paralyzed and he was begging for money. And Peter and John come and, and they don't have money. And Peter tells them, this. he says, listen, I don't have silver or gold, but I do have something for you. Stand up and walk in the name of Jesus. What Peter was really proclaiming in that moment is, Listen, what I have is I've got this connection with Jesus. <laughs> I don't have silver or gold, but what I have is I've got a relationship with Jesus. And this is the most important thing. Get up, stand up in the name of Jesus. This is what I'm carrying around. This is what's most important to me is that I've got a connection with Jesus. I wonder, what's your connection like? What's your connection with Jesus right now. How is your connection with Jesus? Recently, we were about to watch a movie and we were turning on Netflix or Hulu or something like that and, and all of a sudden our, our TV kind of did one of those spinny things, right? This is, this is, is there a worse feeling in the world? 
these days and the, the little spinny thing. And then it said, you know, weak connection. <laughs> and I was like, how dare you tell me that? You know, like, I'm paying for that connection. It's supposed to be a strong connection. Weak connection. And, and, and we realized quickly that without that connection, there was no picture. There was, there was no show. There was, there was nothing. The same is true, friends. If we have no connection with Jesus, there's, there's no picture. There's no revelation. The things of the kingdom of God be, become um, dim to us. We need to be connected with him. So my first question in the new year is this, is how is your connection with Jesus? Second word. How are we going to grow deeper in Jesus than ever before? Second word, curiosity. Curiosity. I want to encourage you this year to be curious about the things of the Lord. Be curious. When I look at the disciples and you see their, their walk with Jesus and how they grew over time, look at how they, how they grew. And then in the early church and the, the conviction that they have and, and how they're just determined to, to build the kingdom of God, you see their maturity and their growth. And it came from curiosity. I remember how the disciples at one point went up to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, teach us to pray. They were curious. They were people who knew how to pray in the way that the religious folks taught them to pray, but they saw something different in Jesus. So they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to be connected to the Father in the way that you are. We're curious about this. So often the disciples would go up to Jesus after he told the parable, and they'd say, hey, Jesus, can you tell us more about that parable you told us about the seeds, how some seeds fall on the, on the road, some seeds fall? What are, you, what are you meaning by that? And then Jesus would explain it. Later on in one of the Gospels, the disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, you told that parable about the weeds? Like, what does that mean? Can you tell us more about that? They were curious, and so Jesus explained it. Jesus didn't say to them, oh, come on, you foolish disciples. You don't, you don't, stop bothering me with this kind of stuff. Why are you doubting? Why do you have all these questions? Just believe. Just, just believe. <laughs> no, out of their curiosity came greater belief, greater faith. I love how Peter's in the boat, and he's looking, and there's Jesus walking on water, and he says, hey, can I come out there too? <laughs> I'd like to experience that too. He was curious. I want to encourage you in this new year to be curious. What do you want Jesus to teach you this year? Do you know right now? Ask him, Lord, what do you want me to learn this year? Uh, several years ago, I decided that I was going to learn something new every summer. It actually started a long time ago. My brother probably doesn't even know this, but he taught me one summer how to change my brakes, rotors, pads, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so if you need help, Craig will teach you. It's fantastic, right? It's fantastic. So that was, that was a great thing. And so from that moment, I was just like, I want to learn something new every summer. Um, last summer, I learned a little bit about investments. That's gone well. And, uh, yeah, that's gone really well. Don't ask me any questions about that. Um, a few summers ago, I learned uh, how to do the Rubik's Cube. I, I thought in my lifetime I'd never, like, nobody could ever do that. I learned how to do it. That was two summers ago, so right now, I can't do it anymore. But I could do it, right? And why? Because my curiosity led me to learn. I want to encourage you to be curious about the things of the Lord this year. Be curious 
I have questions. What do you want to learn this year? Do you want to learn about how to hear God's voice? Be curious about that. Do you, do you want a passion to serve? Get curious about that. Do you want a greater devotion to generosity? Get curious about that. Ask good questions. Bring it before the Lord. Do you want to learn how to walk in step with the Spirit of God this year? Get curious about it. Do you want to know your gifts in the Spirit? Get curious about it. Begin to learn about the gifts. Get curious. Do you want to know what your personal calling in life is? Get curious about it. Do you want a deeper understanding of God's Word? Well, then get curious about it. You know, the pandemic, I've been, I've been labeling it the curiosity pandemic because I've, I've learned that everybody in the pandemic learned something new. <laughs> My neighbor now has, he makes knives like in his garage and sells them. I've been to several people's houses and they've done all these house projects in the, in the pandemic. They just YouTubed it and learned it. And by the way, it's clear that you did it all on your own. It's, it's clear. That deck that's leaning to the left, my friend, yep, it's pretty clear that you did it. But that all came out of curiosity. We learned all kinds of new things. Let's get curious about the things of the Lord. What are you curious about? Capitalize on your curiosity to grow in Jesus. You know that phrase, curiosity killed the cat? Well, curiosity does not kill faith. It grows faith. When we're curious about the things of the Lord. What doubts do you have? Explore. What questions do you have? Seek. How do you want to grow this year? Invest in those things. Get curious about the things of God. Third word, intentionality. I was recently studying the Jewish calendar and just noticing again how intentional the calendar is. When you look at all the feasts and the festivals that the Jewish people would practice and celebrate, the different prayers that they would have, the times of, of worship, there was great intentionality. And the intentionality was not to become more religious. The intentionality was all, was all revolving around remembrance, remembering the things of the Lord, being intentional about remembering the goodness of God, Intentional about remembering the presence of God, about remembering how God had delivered them. All these different festivals and feasts and celebrations and prayers intentionally put into the calendar in order for people not to say, oh, look at all these things we've done, but no, look how we've remembered the Lord and we've leaned into who he is throughout the year. I wonder this year, how will you be intentional about what God has called you into? How will you be intentional about your one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus? Do you have a plan? How will you be intentional with the words that God has, has given you and placed on your life? I always see intentionality as the next step. It's the next step. Intentionality is what takes things from the realm of, of, of ideas to the realm of reality. Wow, the Lord can lay these things in our hearts. He can speak to us through the truth of his word, and, and they can be wonderful ideas, but what intentionality does is he, it makes it become reality in our lives. You know, we were never content just to crawl as kids. We always wanted to walk. It was the next step. I can remember with my four kids, you know, if, when they crawled, we're like, wow, that's amazing. But we didn't tell them to stop there. There was a next step. Although once you have child three and four and they begin to stand up to walk, you push them down. 
That's what you do. And you say, hey, take your time with this one, okay? We've already got three other ones running around. You just wait. It's not your time yet. <laughs> but you want them to take the next step, right? Then you want them to run. You want them to take the next step. And intentionality is the next step. Let me give you an example of this. Maybe God is calling you to share your faith this year. He probably is. It's really the call on our lives is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So let's just say right now the Lord is just pressing on your heart. Man, I need to share my faith with somebody this year. The next step of intentionality asks these questions. With whom? With whom? Who is the Lord calling me to share my faith with? Lord, give me a name. Put it on my heart. Let me write it down and pray for that person daily. When? When, Lord? When do you want me to share my faith with this person? How, Lord? How do you want me to do it? Do you want me to write them a card? Do you want me to take them out to coffee? Do you want me just to, to show it through my actions? How, Lord? How? Now you're becoming intentional. You're taking the next step, and your faith is going to grow through it. Let me give you another example. Maybe God's calling you to deepen your relationship with him through prayer. Take it to the next step. Don't let that just be a great idea this year. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. I'd love to, to deepen my faith through prayer. I'd love that. No, take the next step. When? When are you going to spend time with Jesus? If I were to ask you, would you have an answer? How? How are you going to learn how to pray? We have a wonderful prayer course. Maybe you should take it. Learning how to pray and how to pray for others. Get intentional. Fourth word is the word adaptability. There's so many places in scripture that I love that really speak to this idea of adaptability or, or walking in step with the spirit. When you're going one way and then all of a sudden the spirit says, nope, I need you over here, and you adapt. This is part of what it means to be a Christ follower. We often tend to go our own way or maybe we're in a, in a good path and then the Lord says, hey, I need you over here. Oh, and then you, you adapt and you change. I think of Paul when he's trying to go to Asia. His heart is on Asia. I want to go to Asia. Acts chapter 16. And, and it tells us in scripture that the spirit would not allow him. Now that's a close walk with the Lord, right? When you're like, I want to go there, but the spirit of the Lord's telling me no. Instead, the spirit sends him to Macedonia. And this is a long trip. Has to catch a boat ride to Troas. Then he's going all these different places. Finally, he lands in this town where he meets this woman. Her name is Lydia. Her whole household gives their life to Jesus. God had a different plan. And Paul was so tuned into the spirit of, the God, of God that he knew how to adapt and change his course. He knew that God's will was better and greater than his will. I think of how Jesus teaches us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will, your will, God, help me adapt and flex and change and transform so that I can be accomplishing your will, Jesus, this year. This is where the greatest adventures are. You know, could it be that this mentality of this is the way I've always done things is keeping you from your next great adventure in the Lord. Or maybe this idea of, listen, I've, I've got to have control of my life. <laughs> maybe releasing things to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm willing and ready to adapt to what you're calling me to. A deeper walk with Jesus requires adaptability. Fifth word. How's everybody doing? 
Good? I got a few more for you to write down. Fifth word is this. I love this word. Tenacity. How are you going to grow deeper in your walk with Jesus this year? Through tenacity. You know what tenacity means? It means determined. To have a determination. To be determined to keep in step with the Lord. We are easily distracted by things, aren't we? I am. Things can get me hot and bothered pretty quickly that really don't matter. Anybody else? Come on, confession in the new year. Come on at home, put it in the chat. Yeah, that's me too. We are easily distracted. What would it look like this year to say we're going to have a tenacity about us? A pure determination to stay right at the heart of the things of God. We're not going to be easily distracted. No, we're going we're gonna to stay right in step with what Jesus wants. I shared this story a while back, but I want to share it again. I love this, this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of, of David and Goliath. You probably know the story. Eventually, David goes with a slingshot, casts one stone, and, and kills Goliath. But the story goes before that is that Goliath comes out, this mighty man, a Philistine, who, who's really striking fear within all of the, the Israelites and the people and saying, hey, send your strongest man to fight me. 40 days, no one wants to fight him. David finally comes to bring some food to his brothers who are on the front line. David was just a shepherd boy at this point, leaves his sheep with somebody else, comes to bring food to his brothers and says, hey, what's going on here? What's happening here? Oh, this guy Goliath, he's, he's wanting to fight somebody. And if, if somebody kills him, the Philistines will leave us alone. Oh, really? Wow. Well, why doesn't somebody fight him? Well, then what happens is one of David's brothers, oldest brother, his name is Eliab, comes to David and he, it says in scripture, he was like burning with anger. He was so upset at David for coming and interfering. He said, David, why are you even here? Who'd you leave the sheep with? You're all, it's always about you, David. And in that moment, David had a choice. Where was his determination going to land? This could have been his opportunity to pick a fight with his brother. Maybe his brother had been annoying him for a long time. And this, you know what, Eliab? I've been wanting to say this to you for a long time. And he could have stood there and he could have fought that battle with Eliab. But I love what happens in scripture. It says, David turned from him and kept on with his mission. Oh, I love that. Way too many of us spend too much time fighting with Eliab. When our real battle is against Goliath. What does it mean to be a person with tenacity? A person with tenacity says, hey, you know what? This frustrates me. This even offended me, but that's not my battle. My battle is to go and win more people for Jesus. My battle is to go and love people. My battle is to go and be generous. My battle is to go and be the light of Jesus Christ in my neighbor. That's my battle, not this. To be people of tenacity. I am determined. I have this holy determination to walk in step with Jesus. Sixth word, vulnerability. Do you know the depth of any relationship is determined by the measure of vulnerability that's applied? Trust, honesty, and openness are the ingredients of a deep relationship. And I believe that if we want to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus than we've ever gone before, we need to arrive at new levels of vulnerability with him. You know, if you only are willing to talk sports, then your relationship will go as deep as your shared love for that sports team. 
If you refuse to speak about things that hurt you or hard things, then your relationship will lack the level of intimacy that comes from hard conversations. Vulnerability. I love um, the book of Psalms. Many of the Psalms were written by King David. Part of the reason I love the book of Psalms is that you'll find a Psalm in there that, that, that represents every emotion on the planet. You'll find David speaking out of anger. You'll find David speaking out of real hurt and sorrow. You'll find David talking out of great loss. You'll, you'll find David talking through great celebration. And in all of it, he brings it to the Lord. King David, by the way. King David. He's not so worried about his reputation. No, he comes in full vulnerability before the Lord. I think this is part of the reason why he's called a man after God's own heart. He comes fully exposed before the Lord. We have, uh, at my house, we got one of those little dirt bikes that we, we ride around the farm, and it, it's great. And, and it goes a certain speed. It has a governor on it, so it can only go fast, that one pace, until I figured out how to, how to change that. And you just, you just flip a little metal piece, and now all of a sudden the governor's gone, and you can go too fast on it, Right? And, and, and I like that because I want to share with you, I think all of us have a governor on in our relationship with the Lord. We're all of us, probably in every stage and maturity level of our relationship with Jesus, we all have these, these governor points, these points where we're just kind of like, nah, that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm going with this right now. And part of developing our relationship with Jesus and growing in him is determining where we've set those governors and flipping them back so that we can go even further in him. And this year, what I want to encourage you to do and challenge you to do is find out where you've set the governor and then push it back and allow the Lord to take you into new places and spaces. Maybe you have a governor on worship and praise and thanksgiving that right now you're unaware of, but the Lord wants you to just push that back and experience a, a new sense of freedom in worship that you've never experienced before. Maybe you've set a governor on generosity, just in your own heart and mind. You said, this, is, this is how generosity looks like to me right now. Well, maybe you need to flip that governor back a little bit and say, hey, Lord, I'm open to however you want to use me this year. Maybe you have a governor on serving and in your own heart and mind. Maybe you've never spoken it out loud, but you're like, this is all that I can do. God's not giving me gifts to do other things. And so you've restricted yourself from actually walking into all the things the Lord has for you. Or maybe you've said, this is all the time that I can afford to give. Maybe, maybe you need to kind of allow the Lord to change the governor on that. Or maybe there's a governor on your prayer life right now. Man, I just don't go into these spaces of prayer because I don't, I don't know if I have enough faith for them. Um, I'm just not quite sure. And you've, you've kind of set a governor on those things. And the Lord this year might be asking you, you want to go deeper in me than ever before? You got to kind of flip off that safety zone and allow me to take you to places you've never gone before. Maybe there's a governor on your faith. You know, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust him with this because I've seen him do it before. But with that, I've never seen him do that before. And so I'm just not ready to go there yet. Well, maybe your, your, your maturity and your growth area is by changing the governor in these areas. Maybe there's a governor on forgiveness right now. Yeah, I'm willing to forgive, but not that person. Maybe it's on trust. I'm willing to trust the Lord, but just not all the way in that. 
And the Lord wants to grow you in this area of vulnerability. Last word I want to share with you is this. It's the word opportunity. The Lord grows us through opportunities that he presents before us. I was thinking about the little boy who's maybe just kind of coming through the crowd. Jesus had been speaking for the whole day. The whole day he's speaking. And people are now are tired and they're hungry. And maybe this little boy came from the market or maybe he was out fishing because he had some fish and he had some loaves of bread. Maybe he was on his way you know, to his place to bring this food to his family. But he notices on his way with this crowd of people, they're, they're hungry and, and now the disciples are beginning to talk. What should we do with this crowd? Should we send them away? And, and maybe in that moment, the little boy said, well, I have some food. <laughs> why don't you, Andrew, why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you take this? I wonder if in that moment the boy saw an opportunity before him. Wow, the Lord is, is moving here. The, the, there's a need. I have something that, that could help. I don't know. Maybe Jesus could do something with this. And he offers it to the disciples, and Jesus feeds the whole crowd with food left over. I bet in that day, that boy went from John and Sarah's kid <laughs> to the boy who believed that God could do something with his lunch. And I bet that day changed the rest of his life. Through that opportunity that he stepped into, that prompting from the Lord to offer his meal. I don't think Andrew just stole it from him. I bet he offered it. Through that prompting, through that obedience, and in that opportunity, God changed his life. We can go deeper in our relationship with Jesus by stepping into the opportunities that he places before us. I want to encourage you to do this this year when it comes to opportunities. Pray for them. Intentionally pray, for Lord, give me an opportunity today, an opportunity to step into. Give me an opportunity this year, Lord, to step into that will stretch and expand and grow my faith in you, that will grow my intimacy with you, my love for you, my, the revelation of who you are. Pray for them. Pray for them. And then look for them. Look for them. Keep your eyes wide open. They're always right in front of us. Through the words of somebody else, a need might come up that you can meet or a word of encouragement you can, you can give. It doesn't have to be that complex, friends. Look for the opportunities and then respond to them. Here's what I want to share to close. I want to give just a piece of application. And this actually came from some teaching that one of our lead pastors, Adam, gave uh, to our staff and, and to the church in our come and see gatherings. But let me return to Matthew 22. It says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then in some translations, it says all of your strength. Here's, here's the application for you today and the challenge. Maybe for some of you, you need to ask the Lord for a heart transformation this year. Maybe this year you need to offer the Lord your heart Saying, Lord, I, I want a new openness to worship, to give thanks, to speak and sing songs to you, Lord. I want to open my heart to a deeper affection for you, Jesus, in my quiet times, in my worship times, and, and with my times with others. Maybe that's for you. Maybe, maybe you're like, you know what? I do need that. Man, I need to open my heart up more to the Lord. Secondly, maybe you need a soul transformation. Maybe for the first time, you need to offer Jesus your life. And you need to ask him, Lord, would you make me a new creation? Would you, would you show me who I am in you? Give me this new identity. 
Or maybe you need a mind transformation. Maybe this is a year where you need to offer the Lord your mind. Invite him to teach you something new, to transform the very way that you think, to give you a more kingdom of God mindset. Or finally, maybe you need a strength transformation this year. Maybe this is a year you need to offer the Lord your strength. Invite him to call you into service, to serve him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Friends, I pray that you would take these words seriously. I pray that you wouldn't just hear them, but you'd carry them out and ask the Lord to speak to you in each of them so that you might have a great new year, that this might be a year where you do grow deeper in Jesus than you've ever grown before, and that you would love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And I pray this in the powerful name.